Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Us three, us brothers, us kings, inseparable. Three boys tear through their childhood in the midst of their young parents' volatile love and unmakes the family life many times over, while Manny and Joel grow into versions of their loving and unpredictable father. Mia seeks the shelter of her youngest, Jonah, in the cocoon of home. More sensitive and conscious than the other older siblings, Jonah increasingly embraces an imagined world of his own. And that is the premise behind this wonderful new narrative film out today in theaters. We're joined today by the uh, director and the screenwriter of the film We the Animals, and that would be Jeremiah Zagar. Jeremiah, welcome to Film School. Thanks for having me. This is a beautiful film to look at. It's so enthralling. You set us up in a world of its own, which I just truly love, and it is a uh, very intimate film. I know it's based on uh, the uh, the work of Justin Torres uh, from a novel of the same name, We the Animals. Tell me how you came to the project. Where where was your entry point into into this film? Um, well, I was in a bookstore. Uh, I was in Alley Jackson, which is uh, here in New York City, and I picked up a copy of the book on the We Recommend table, and they have a little cafe in the in the um, in the store. And I I snuck the book into the cafe, and I read it right there in the cafe. And, um, and I fell in love, and I bought a bunch of copies, and I took them home, and I gave them to um, my co-screenwriter, Dan Katrotzer, and my editor, Keiko Deguchi, and to Jeremy Yakis, my producer, um, and a couple other close friends in my family, and, um, and I emailed the author, and I told him I wanted to make the book into a movie, and uh, we sat down, and we met, and we enjoyed each other's company, and... Uh, conversation, and then that was it. Okay, so you've, you've got the approval of Justin Torres. N- now, the sort of getting, uh, the, this is not the kind of material that lends itself to the sequels and the and the tentpole kind of a film, obviously. But, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> right. You did, Avengers cross you, right. If you could have worked the Avengers in here, you'd have, you'd have solid gold. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But obviously, so, I mean, just in terms of, without getting into all the gory detail, was it a difficult film to get financing for moving forward? No, it wasn't. Um, because Cinereach came on board. So right after the Sundance Labs, um, Paul Mazze, Andrew Goldman, um, Phil Englehorn, they, um, Cinereach, all of Cinereach, which is a wonderful organization, and, you know, fund incredibly dangerous, difficult movies. And I, I think they're the, you know, they're the only funding organization in the United States that gives directors final cut um, and uh, and tremendous freedom. Um, and also, you know, love and structure. But mm-hmm. they came in and... Um, and funded it fully. And, you know, they did that with Beast of the Southern Wild, and they did that with um, Beach Rats, and they did that, you know, with Sorry to Bother You also. So they're doing a lot of the kind of more wild films coming out. You know, it's funny you should mention that, because I'm to sort of give the audience a sort of a frame of reference for the film. I would have said Beast of the Southern Wild, and also Beach Rats. That's, those are two very good references in terms of, for people to understand 
what the film sort of is like, what it's, you know, sort of the feel of it. So that's very interesting. And thanks, kudos to Cinerich because this is just one of those films that is so, um, it, it's so delicate in the way that the presentation of it, the material, and it has to be treated the right way in order for this to be a successful film. And, and it is. So uh, so that, that, that sounds like a great partnership. Let's talk a little yeah. bit. Yeah, no, yeah, they're wonderful. Yeah. So let, let's talk a little bit about sort of the the, the 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 meat of the film, and that is the the casting of the film, the the performers in it. And maybe, maybe we should back up a little bit because I did give an intro and sort of outlined what the story is. But in your own words, how would you characterize your film? Um, well, those are my own words. I, I you know, I wrote those. So okay. you, you've got it already. I mean, okay. I, 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 I think you know the the in a simple way. You know, the film is an impressionistic fever dream of a movie um, told from you know the youngest of three brothers mm-hmm. um, about his family and the complicated, messy love that he experiences within his family. Okay. Okay. Well. And this is such a critical part of the film and about the success of the film is the casting of the three brothers who, as I said to you off mic, if you had told me they they were not brothers, I would not have believed you. They just are seamless in their interaction, in their look, in everything about them that feels so much like they've known each other their entire life. So tell me a little bit about casting of these three wonderful actors. Whoa, we we cast the film over a year and a half. We had an amazing casting, grassroots casting director um, named Marlena Scrobe, and she went out and uh, she was a former intern, actually, and she went out on the streets of New York and to parades and to schools and to community centers, and she put up flyers and um, organized casting sessions and saw over a thousand young men. And then if the sessions went well, she would bring the best candidates in for callbacks, and that's when me and an acting coach named Noel Gentile got involved um, and sort of walked them through exercises and filmed them and began to work with some of them. Um, and first came Josiah, who was a middle brother. He was, um, I think he was 200 and something. And then was Isaiah, he was 300 and something. And last was Evan, who was the lead of the movie. Um, and he came at 800 and something. And we actually postponed the film an extra year, which was hard, you know, kind of heartbreaking um, and difficult for everybody involved, but was necessary because we didn't yet have Jonah. Yeah. It, yeah. Um, and then we found him. Yeah. And he is terrific. I mean, they're all great. They're all really he good. And, and, but yeah. he, the, he has these beautiful sort of these, these expressions that he's able to, to convey a lot of um, emotions and it's just a beautiful face to look at and to sort of just feel comfortable in terms of just his character and and what you and what he's going through. Um, and he's, by the way, Evan yeah, Rosado. Yeah, he is. He's amazing. And Joshua Gabriel is Joel, and uh, Isaiah Christin, Christinian is the uh, is plays Manny. Um, they're great, and the, the the and they and one of the things that I just so um, love about the film is you're able to convey the energy of these young men, young boys, well, boys and becoming young men, this sort of unfettered, crazy energy that we have when we're that age. And you're able to just, in so many different ways, convey that that energy, that uh, that sort of frenetic behavior, 
um, is 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 something that really makes this film so it, it fills in so many of the sort of the the blank spots in in a character as watching the three of them run amok and um, I, I mean I just want to compliment I don't even know if I have a question here I just think you did a wonderful job of conveying what it is to be a boy of that age yeah it's, it's I felt yeah I mean they say ninety percent of filmmaking is casting and we you know we we lucked out with them and with Sheila and with Raul they're just all such amazing performers they really grab the screen well they do too so I was going to get to them Raul he, he plays a this tortured soul um, Raul uh, Castillo is uh, as Paps Pops or Paps I should say and Sheila wants Vond is the is their mom, and the two of them separately are wonderful. And then together there is this, I don't say sadness. It's a, it's a I don't exactly help help me out here. It's sort of characterizing the relationship between between those two. Well, I think they love each other very much, um, and they got married very young, and they probably had very bad examples as parents, and uh, and they don't know how to express their love in, in, in necessarily appropriate ways. Um, but um, but they uh, they do express their love in sometimes brutal, volatile, destructive ways, and also very loving, joyful ways. Yeah, and and there is a subtext to this, which I find increasingly more and more in in films um, of, of the sort of the lack of opportunity that life is presenting for so many people in this country. Um, it is it it plays into some of the. Um, some of the worst impulses on the part of certainly of the part of uh, Paps in the film, and and and, she, and as well as Mom, uh, it's so I and I I assume that's part of the novel. Is that subtext? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, everything in our movie is part of the novel in some way. Yeah, either emotionally or literally. Yeah, and while it, while I certainly it's not it's not you know particular to just people who are uh, you know sort of struggling financially to to go through what they're doing, what they what they are going through, uh, but it certainly provides uh, you know in in this case uh, kind of a backdrop of of sadness to, in the relationship. Although I agree with you, they do seem to love one another. It's a it's it's a difficult relationship, but it plays out in in the film um, at times very troubling ways uh, so let's talk about the the look of this film oh we the animals uh, your cinematographer uh, Zach uh, Mulligan and you must have collaborated intensely on the look of the film talk about that we did we did yeah we we uh, we worked together for years um, and I talked to him about this movie very early on and so we were exchanging reference um, very early on I would you know we were watching films like Rat Catcher and The Tin Drum um, and Killer of Sheep and Turtles Can Fly and talking about the aesthetics of the film and, and sharing photographers like Wendy Antonioli and Eugene Richards and Bruce Davidson. Um, and uh, and then I brought on a storyboard artist and we storyboarded the entire movie and Zach and I shot listed the entire movie. Um, and from there... Uh, we went into production. We decided to shoot on Kodak 16 millimeter film um, to give it, you know, that sense of nostalgia, but also that sense of, you know, dream quality that only film can really capture. And um, and then when we finished shooting, we brought it to our colorist Seth Reichart, who uh, who really, you know, worked intimately with me and Zach to create a, a look for the film that was unique and um, and very vibrant and alive. 
Yeah, that is a beautiful. You're right. It's a very warm look to the film, and that's and gives it and also that dream quality that you're talking about. There's, um, yes, it's just a beautiful looking film. And Ratcatcher is a great reference, by the way. Uh, that yes, <laughs> I, I see some of that sort of in the in the in this film as well. And um, it, but I want to just to, to be clear, film stands on its own. It's nothing you know, sort of other oh, than thanks. yeah, it really does. And um, being able to capture not only the characters but also their surroundings and also a sort of reoccurring theme that comes up often in the film of sort of being out of your depth, being in the most sort of obvious manifestation of that is trying to swim or swimming and that sort of trying to people trying to find their way and that's shot beautifully. That's another part of this film that just is so beautiful. Uh, in terms of the look of it and what you're trying to convey, I just uh, was really very much attracted to how that looked and how it how it came out. I just yeah. want to rem- I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with uh, Jeremiah Zagar, and the uh, film is We the Animals. And finally, what the reception, the critical reception to the film? Uh, it's uh, how's how are you? Well, first of all, this transition. Let me back up just a half step. Transitioning from documentary filmmaker to the narrative. Um, format for you I have I have talked with other filmmakers who have made that transition and the I what they take with them is that sort of being able to capture moments as a as a filmmaker uh, is that a similar experience or what do you take away from your documentary background into a narrative film I think in documentary what you're trying to do is capture a certain sense of intimacy you're trying to create a space where your subject can be um, as free and comfortable as possible so that they can be truthful and emote truthfully. Um, and that when you do it in a documentary, the person is a real person and you're trying to create that space. Um, and, you know, when I do it in, with this narrative movie, it's the same, this narrative fiction film, it's the same, it's the same ethos, it's just a different process. And so bringing myself to understand that process was a process in and of itself. But um, I think we got there mostly. Yeah. Yeah, and are you? Is this something you want to stay with? Do you have other documentary ideas or projects or, or moving forward? We have a company nerd? called Public Record. Oh yeah, yeah. We have a company called Public Record here in New York City, and um, there's five other directors in the company, and we do um, documentaries and narratives, and we're constantly bubbling um, in commercials. We're constantly bubbling in projects up in here, and, and you know that they they. they you know, defy genre or um, or type. They it can it can be anything, and, and we're just very interested in um, the filmmaking process and the storytelling process. Well, I I want to recommend this as highly as I can to our our listeners. Uh, we the animals. It's a just a beautiful film to look at. It's a it's a it's a engaging story. It's a hu- very humanizing story of the kids and of the parents and of all the different circumstances and their lives, uh, h- how it moves forward. And, and uh, it's uh, it's just, a, I felt like a very loving film about the people who were, whose story is being told. And I, I, I uh, congratulations to you, uh, Jeremiah. It's a, Well, thank you so much for having me on the program. Oh, you're so welcome. Again, the film, We the Animals, I look forward to f- your future work. I hope you come back. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. I look forward to making future work. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much.
You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.